Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Hey, Scott. How you doing, Mark? Good, good. So we've been doing this for a while now. and We uh, have. Isn't, we, that, isn't yeah. that fun? Yeah, we're not that far away from a year into this, actually. But um, Okay. I wonder what we should do, like yeah. have a party or a giveaway or... I don't know. I actually went to a I went to a meet and greet last night for a different podcast, but I mean those that was a podcast with like lots of big fans and different things. They charge for it and everything. Maybe oh, maybe wow. that's what we do. We have this big meet and greet and we charge people for it. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Probably we'll yeah. just say it'll just kind of silently pass. I imagine, yep. but yeah. Well, have you have you picked up on anything like over the just any themes or just running problems that you've seen as we've talked about a lot of different issues? Well, the whole, I mean, kind of the whole time, I mean, probably since the very first time I ever met somebody who had come out of the Father's Christ, I was surprised by uh, how seriously they took the Bible. Hmm. My assumption would be that they wouldn't take it seriously at all. Mm. Um, you know, partly because they came with different, you know, came up with different practices or ideas or something from it. So I thought, well, they must not take it very seriously. But one of the things that was really impressive to me was that they not only took it seriously, they took it extremely seriously. Yeah yet still came up with something different than I would come up with. Right. And um, that, that I don't know if that's been a problem. I mean, it, is, it ends up being a problem, yes, but the thing that's been surprising for me is just that it's really the seriousness with which people take the Bible that sometimes can get them into trouble. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, my... It would probably be good for us to maybe talk about ways that people take it seriously yet misunderstand it. That'd probably be worth talking yeah. about. Uh, but just before we do, it might be helpful to to kind of talk about what we're, you know, what I mean by that or what I'm thinking about as far as biblical interpretation. My understanding of reading the Bible is that I'm trying to do with the Bible what I do with any book I read. I'm trying to do with the Bible what I do when I talk with you, which is mainly I'm trying to figure out what in the world do you mean by <laughs> what you're saying? Right. In other words, where are you coming from? And what is this, um, what are you trying to get across to me? Yeah. And see, if I can figure out what you're trying to get across to me, bingo, I've got the main idea. Yeah. But if I have, if I have my own ideas about what you're saying, we're kind of destined to misunderstand each other. Yeah. And so what I'm, you know, when I say, what people, you know, people run into problems and, and everybody runs into problems at some level. Sure. Because we all think we, you know, we all think something. 
Yeah. And if we bring that um, to the text or we get kind of sideways with whatever the Bible is actually saying, we'll bring our own thing to it and pull something out of it that isn't there and we'll get in and, you know, we'll get mixed up about it. And that's very natural. And I mean, that's probably never happens with you and Cindy, but I will say <laughs> that uh, I've had a misunderstanding or two with uh, my wife. Yeah. And it's not because I don't love her. It's not because I don't want to understand. It's just like, I don't really get that, but it must mean this. And whenever yeah. I, whenever I make that jump, I'm almost always wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I misunderstand a lot of other people too. And I'm sure they misunderstand me, but yeah. that's what we're trying to do is what's the natural meaning. Yeah. Um, and if it's, you know, if it's poetry, it, it, the fact that it's poetry should color a little bit of the meaning and that it's probably um, in, written in poetry for a reason. Or right. if it's, uh, you know, like in the Bible, it's, it's a letter or if it's just a historical narrative or if it's any of those things that shapes what the person's trying to say. He wrote it that way for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So. Could I ask you a question just about one of the comments you made there the, uh, that you would read this book like you would read any other book? Okay. Would I think uh, that a lot of the time, I first of all, I don't think you're saying that the Bible is the same as any other book. That's that's that, not that's what you're not saying. what I meant by no, that no. statement. Right. Correct. But I think that some of the problems that I've had in the past is putting like extra pressure, like that this is a supernatural book and that I need uh, some kind of person to interpret it for me, some kind yeah, of yeah. supernatural um, steps, which which I do believe there is supernatural help through the Holy Spirit to understand right. the Bible. But it, maybe just... Well, I like the fact that you, I mean, you essentially said what that problem is when you do that. It's that I put extra pressure on, like, this yeah. is a spiritual... This is in a different category than a regular book. Right. Now... It is living and powerful and sharpening into a sword. I mean, that's what it says about itself. So I yeah. believe that. But the, the the edge on the sharpness is language, and language works the same way whether it's in the Bible or whether it's in um, you know Tom Clancy or right. whether it's in the newspaper. Right. And the language, I'm still trying to understand, the. that's what I'm getting at, yeah. is that the language works the same way. Yeah. And I think that is where you, if, if for some reason, it, because it's so spiritual, I need the language to do something different in the Bible than it does somewhere else. Yeah. That's where you're, that's the problem you're talking about, I think. Yeah. And I think it puts people at a disadvantage. I know it did me when I, when I started thinking that I'm just not equipped to understand this book uh, or that. Uh, that there are like secrets in it that we need to try and have, figure out how to unlock oh or, you know, things like that. Right. But, I mean, they, they, there was uh, famously the Bible code, you know, yeah. years ago. And yeah. then, you know, the Da Vinci code, which sure. is, isn't about the Bible, but it's the same kind of thing right. where there's a, some secret meaning. Right. And I, I just don't see that here. Now, yeah. I think the Lord can use this and the Holy Spirit can use it to change your life, yeah. which 
he won't do with the newspaper. Right. But that's not a function, again, of the language and of the way that you go about understanding the language in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, and that's I, and I think it's probably most helpful if I talk about it that way, like the language of the Bible rather than just the Bible, because it's, right. it is a unique book uh, in that God uses it to reveal himself, Yeah, but he uses it to reveal himself in a natural way that language works. Right, so. right. Yeah, and I think where, where I got some of the ideas like that were from, um, you know, verses like... Uh, that every every word is breathed out by God. Uh, mm-hmm. Every word, all the scriptures are breathed sure. out by God. Or they you are. Know, yeah, absolutely. No or, argument or, here. Or don't take away one thing from it, or add one thing to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Things like that kind of made it seem like I wasn't ready for it. Is almost how I felt. Like you, you're not prepared for this. Okay. It was intimidating almost when I was younger mm-hmm. and. Well, some of that I'll, I'll just say. Yeah. I mean, you didn't use the the words jot and tittle, right? <laughs> but those, I mean, the King James language is intimidating, yeah, and feels, I don't know, spiritual in some regard, like not normal language, and so it's got its own language, right? And um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that that language, the sixteen. Uh, language from the 1600s is necessary yeah. to understand the Bible. Yeah. And there's a part of it, too, for me that when I when I realized that there was a difference, it really came back to knowing God and, and like how, how I understood God and how I understood the Bible changed together. Like when I realized he's not trying to hide something from me, with the oh, Bible. that's He's really revealing good, Mark. something to you know. He, yeah, the the whole point of the Bible is to reveal, yeah. not to obscure. Yeah. So when I thought oh, he really was, yeah. you know, just ready to punish me for whatever I did wrong, and you better get the Bible right too. It was just so much, just intense pressure. But when you know that, no, he sent his son for you. He, he loves, loves you. you. Yeah. He wants to reveal himself to you through his word. Uh, it it just took. The pressure off, I guess, mm. is is one way to look at it. I guess. Yeah, that's really that's really good. Because yeah. what you've done is you're coming to it. Uh, we, we all tell ourselves stories, some story mm-hmm. or other. Like, uh, you know, I maybe I tell myself story. I'm dumb. I can't read, or right. I can't understand this, or God's against me. Like you said, ready to judge me. Right. Or I tell myself a, yet a fourth story or fifth story that. Yes, in fact, God does love me, and he does want to communicate that to me through the book that he wrote. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So we've got a few ways that people um, kind of misread the Bible, or um, I don't know if that's the way to say that, but some common errors, I guess. And, And one of them that was big for me was understanding. You, you mentioned some, some of the different writing styles, uh, historical mm, yeah. narrative or poetry. I had no idea about any of that. I read everything exactly the same. It was just word right. after word. But right. um, when, when I was explained the difference between prescriptive and descriptive, okay, I think that's a big uh, help in reading the Bible. If you don't read everything that's described and think that, that's a requirement for you in your day-to-day right. life. 
Yeah. So, so I mean, you can think of those words just to make mm -hmm. sure we're clear. Yeah. You know, descriptive means that it's describing something. So, yeah. and that's really important because so much of the Bible is written in narrative. It's like this happened, then this happened, and yeah. this person went here, and he talked to this person, and God did this, and there's this. It's like it's written in a story, and it describes a story. Yeah. And that's, and you should understand it that way mm -hmm. because that's what it is. Right. But then you're right. The other, the, the prescriptive, if that's describing or descriptive, then yeah. prescribing or prescriptive is just like you would have, um, and maybe this isn't really appropriate, but um, a prescription from a doctor. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're telling you what to do. Yeah. You know, or, or like go you know, take this medicine or do these exercises or make sure you get eight hours of sleep, whatever the prescription is. Right. That's what you would be. And so if you read a de description like right. it's a prescription, yeah. then that's trouble. Yeah. So, um, you know, if I, uh, so one of the places that this happens, this happened, I mean, I grew up, I grew up with this, mm -hmm. was Gideon. In the Old Testament, Gideon, you know, he put out a, he didn't believe God. So yeah. don't, thankfully, that's not something that was prescriptive. In right. other words, don't believe God. No, uh, but when he didn't, he put out a fleece. Right. To see if it was going to be wet when the ground's dry and then dry when the ground's wet or vice versa. I don't remember the order. Right. And if it was, then he would assume that God was talking to him and leading him and he's going to put out a fleece. Right. And so that was sort of the thing that I grew up with was like, you need to put out a fleece and see if that's the Lord's will for you. Yeah. Which is ridiculous, frankly. Right. right. And, and is just a way of delaying doing what you know God wants you to do. Right. So, right. Anyway. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. The one, the one that I think of is in Acts 2 when it talks about... Um, kind of the birth of the church and when they were all gathering together and they all sold everything they had and and gave it to the apostles to take care of all the needs of the people. Yeah. Um, I've I've heard people make the argument that that the Bible is prescribing like a socialism idea where we all just put everything in the middle and everybody gets equal and I I just think they're describing what happened then. And the, and that, you know, may have happened. It, or, yeah. I mean, they described what happened, but I mean, it may have been socialism or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. It, we don't exactly know how they're all got distributed. Right. We don't know. Right. But it's not saying that's the way you have to do it all now. Right. I mean, same same thing, same chapter in Acts chapter 2, the uh, apostles spoke in tongues. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of people who say that should be normal. Yeah. But it wasn't really normal. Yeah, there and no. it was sort of extraordinary. It was unique, yeah. and so it's not, you know, that's another thing that people grab onto and say this needs to be prescriptive. When in effect, this historical narrative of the Book of Acts was describing what yeah. was happening. So that descriptive prescriptive distinction, I think, is really a helpful one. Yeah, yeah, that is. Well, another one I think that. I struggled with was just, I think you called it importing meaning. Like I, I already had an idea of what I believed to be true. So then I would bring that into the way I would read the Bible and I would, I would just, uh, or, and I would hear others do the same thing. Um, 
it's, well, again, yeah, I think everybody does this. Yeah. Because we, we don't, um, it's not the first book we've ever read. It's not right. the first conversation we've ever had about some of these things. And so we make up, or we don't make it up. We don't make it up. It's already part of who we are. I mean, if I, I can do this by thinking, I think God wants me to be uh, rich. Yeah. Now, where I got that doesn't even matter. Yeah. But if I bring that with me to the Bible and I read something in the Proverbs that said, or in the Psalms that said, he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bring forth his fruit in his season, everything he um, does will prosper. His leaf also with everything he does will prosper. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm yeah. waiting until God makes me rich. Yeah. Or something, <laughs> you know, and yeah. I brought that in with me. This was really talking about sort of the flourishing of life, whether it's, you know, has anything to do with wealth or not. It certainly has to do with, you know, my flourishing and my relationship with the Lord and how life should should be. Yeah. But it doesn't really have to do with how wealthy or comfortable or what kind of car I drive or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We a lot of the one a lot of the things that I could think of that that I saw myself struggle with and others struggle with at followers in, in this area was around the faith healing was mm, around the yeah. not going to the doctor. So anytime, uh, well, Romans 12 says to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord. Okay. And, and that meant to some people that that means you need to be willing to, Instead of going to the doctor to look for help, that's if you did that, that's not being a living sacrifice. You're you're not being faithful. So their interpretation of that was that means you have to be willing to lay there uh, at home with whatever illness you have and just trust the Lord for for your health alone and don't see be willing to die if that's God's will. So. That was a, I, I don't know, that was a, a challenging one to hear people bring but Well, in. okay, let me ask you this. You've yeah. thought about this clearly. I mean, yeah. how, do you, how do you know that's not what it means then? Well, it, it's, it's a living sacrifice. It goes... For one, for one thing. For one thing, it's a living. The whole dying thing is not yeah. part of it. Yeah. Okay. It, it goes on to talk about being, I think the King James says, this is your reasonable service. Uh, other translations say this is your spiritual worship. It's your, um, I, I think that a more consistent message in the Bible is to live your life for the glory of God, to, to let your, your life be a reflection of, mm -hmm. of God's work in you. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know how it glorifies God for someone to just say, I'm, I've decided or I've been taught this is what we're supposed to do, so I'm just going to lay here and be willing to die if that's God's will. Um, I just don't see that that's what, what this verse is talking about at all. I think it's talking about living for God, well, not dying for God. Yeah, and you're probably, you know, you would... In order to get that, I think you'd have to come to it mm -hmm. with your own idea about how life is supposed to work out, bring that in there. Because, you know, I was just looking through uh, the verses around it. You know, you present your body living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable by God, which is your spiritual worship. Yeah. And then don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like you're, you're to be renewed, yeah. not, not unrenewed, not go the wrong way. You're supposed to be renewed. Right. But I could see you saying, well, all the other worldly people, yeah. you know, they go to doctors and get, yeah. so, I mean, I can see you bringing things into it, but yeah. it's not there. And, you know, that you might discern what it got, the will of God is. That's The will of God is not lay there and see if the will of God is for you to die. It's like live day by day looking to please God and do his will, yeah. what is good and acceptable and perfect. So, but you, again, you could bring the wrong thing in. And even the yeah. next verse says, by the grace given to me, say to everyone to think more, not to think more highly of himself than you ought to think, but with sober judgment. According to yeah. the measure of faith, God's assigned. Now, again, I could see bringing the wrong thing in there and say, oh, my goodness, well, you know, my measure of faith is to lay right. and be sick. Well, the reality is what he says is right after that, everybody get busy, get mm-hmm. busy serving yeah. other people. I mean, yeah. so you just would have to keep working and working and working to bring this other meaning into it. Right. But the natural meaning of it, if I'm reading it like I would read other books or other things, yeah. And I continue reading. It's like, yeah, everybody has different gifts and bring it in, yeah. you know, engage and live a life of faith and all of it. So, yeah, interesting. I think what you brought up there is so important, the reading the verses around it, because when you're importing a meaning, the easiest thing to do is just pick one, one or two verses out of context and just, you can, you can make that mean almost anything you want when, I mean, I, I have. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of, um, kind of the, uh, the joke, uh, you know, when somebody said, I need to know what God wants me to do. And he opened yeah. up his Bible and it said, you know, Judas, uh, hanged himself. He said, Oh dear, I can't, I can't do anything with that. And so I closed yeah. the Bible, opens it again. And then he reads the verse says, go thou and do likewise. Right. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you can't just like pick the one verse out. You have to, um, you have to kind of read it again, naturally. That's the same yeah. thing. Same thing if I'm trying to understand you, same thing if I'm trying to understand my wife or any other human communication, I need some kind of context. That's yeah. why, that's why social media is such a train wreck is because you just, right. you, you read it, but you don't have the context of the person who's in it and yeah. texting sounds the same way, emails a little bit the same way. Yeah. So we all need context for our human communication. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's, sorry, I got fired up about that a little bit. No, that's good. <laughs> it's, it, it really is. I mean, con, I, I've heard people put it this way, like in, in real estate, the rule is location, location, location. And and I've heard people say the same thing about reading your Bible, that it's context, context, context. Mm-hmm. We we need to we need to understand the context to really be able to apply it to our lives today. And that, that reminds me just one other quick thing on the descriptive versus prescriptive. I know I'm jumping back to that, but you're you're not saying that all the part of the Bible that's written descriptively, that there's no application for us in those things, right? I mean, it's it's not prescribing what to do, but we can find application in all of the Bible, right? Yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, yeah the, okay. the guy can use that, but you don't take it as a one-for-one. One. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. It's a one, what 
people tend to do is take it a one for one. Yeah. Now, I mean, yeah, like Gideon, I'll yeah. go back to Gideon. Yep. My application on Gideon is don't be disobedient like Gideon. Right. But rather when God tells you to do something like he did Gideon, you should do it. Not right. like put out this fleece and pretend that you're somehow extra spiritual, right. uh, and which is what he did. So yes, I have application, but it's kind of the opposite of actually what it would be if I took this pre this descriptive thing and made it prescriptive, you see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, no, that, thanks. That's I was going to ask that earlier, and I got sidetracked. So um, one more on this, what we're talking about now, the, uh, the suffering. Like I said, a lot of it's around... Um, a lot of it's around the faith healing part, or and it even it mixes then with the works based salvation, thinking that you have to earn it. And part of uh, that's being talked about more and more. It sounds like is that if someone does faithfully lay there and die at home without seeking medical care, they have shown that they are faithful. They have suffered for their salvation, and they have earned their crown. Is what the people who are not the ones laying there, are saying about them after they're gone. Uh, but okay. but I, I've talked about it on here before. I've seen so many of them who are the ones laying there that are, that are thinking, I just don't know if I've done enough. You know, I just, right. So they, there's an idea for sure out there that um, you are paying for your sins here on earth by suffering. And, and they... I've, I've heard him go as far as to say that Jesus on the cross was an example for us of how to suffer for your salvation. Jesus had to suffer when he was here, so you're going to have to suffer. And, and they, they make those almost like you're doing the same thing that Jesus did. And there, there are a lot of verses about uh, suffering with him, um, the one that I thought of in, was in Romans 8, uh, starting in 16. It says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And that they would import that meaning into that verse and say, it's not just Christ that has made us heirs with Christ that you have to be willing to suffer in order to earn that. Okay. <laughs> and, and so I just think, I mean, that's certainly not the gospel. That, that is not what, that's not consistent with uh, the Bible. So how would you describe, I guess, the difference between maybe the suffering that Paul's talking about there and this idea that that we import in that that we're earning something with our suffering well the the suffering for your salvation is one thing i mean that jesus did not do yeah jesus did not suffer for his own salvation right right and see i think that's one of the that's where it breaks down yeah because you your suffering or my suffering uh is it might be significant. Number one, it's yeah. not, it's at least right now is not as significant as Jesus suffering was. Number one, right. Number two, what is accomplished by my suffering? There is, there are things that are accomplished sure. by my suffering and he did leave us an example, but, um, we, 
his death on the cross was more than an example. Yes. So that um, it's not just that I have to do that so that I... I mean, that you're, you're really making a big leap yeah. to say that Jesus did not suffer for his own sin or for his own salvation, either one. Yeah. And, but by following him, you're suffering f- for your sin and for your salvation. I mean, that doesn't even follow because they're not even the same thing. Right. I mean, even... I mean, even more clearly, probably in First Peter, it says, um, you know, talks about suffering. It says, for to this you've been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example. There you go. Yeah. Now I'm not even importing it, am I? It's yeah. right there, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. Yeah. Why would you import it into Romans 8 when you have it right here in First <laughs> Peter? <laughs> I don't know what you're even thinking there. But, but then... So again, we're going to keep reading, right? Right. Like, like we are learning to do here, right. uh, because that's how we're going to figure it out. He committed no sin, neither was there deceit found in his mouth. That's a little different than me. Yeah. When, even though he's my example, that's different than me. Yeah. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he continued entrusting himself to the one who judge, judges justly. And then here is, here is the key right? He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Yeah. Very, very clear that my healing is found in the suffering of Christ, not in my own suffering. Right. And so, yeah, if you you don't bring your own meaning into something and just read what is there, uh, you eventually will find it. Yeah. They read it like yeah, that, normal human communi- like normal communication, right? Yeah. So Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's good news too. That, that by his wounds we are here that Yeah. And so what what is it, I wonder, in a person that has this desire to earn that um and what are you gonna earn? If if Jesus has done it already, what what are you gonna earn by your suffering? It's well, see, the thing, the reality is nothing. Yeah. But what you think you're going to earn is what somebody told you or what you thought you brought to the text, yeah. but it's not there. Yeah. Because um, your sins are already done, already taken care of. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, and then one more is just the, and it, it's it's similar to. Uh, importing a meaning, but it is different, and it's uh, proof texting. It's just believing something and then just going to the Bible to find a verse, like we've talked about, take it out of context and say, this proves what I already believe. And mm-hmm. uh, one that I did this with uh, was in Philippians, and, and it was about us being without uh, leadership. We had no no ministry, and I, I was wondering, I thought, surely that's a sign that something's wrong, and, but I didn't want it to be. I, I was told by some that it's just fine, that we are the way we are now, we're just waiting for the end, and, and so then I went to Philippians 2, and I, I was reading, and verse 12 says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
And I, okay. that, that to me was like, oh, it's okay because they were, they were absent Paul uh, here. So they didn't have a preacher. So it's okay that we don't. And I just, I just locked onto that verse and that just made me feel good about our situation. And I thought I was doing it with the Bible. And I don't think that's what, I don't think that's what this is talking about at all. Well, I, yeah, I'm not exactly computing. <laughs> like I'm like all my, you know, I'm just seeing my numbers yeah, all yeah, in my yeah. brain, and I can't it, compute kind of how you would get that from this. That it's possible. So the idea at followers was that um, we were in good shape when Walter was here, and we've deteriorated since. And I didn't like that. I wanted to be just as good as the people who were there when Walter was here. And so I was thinking of us being uh, in Walter's absence instead of in his presence like they were. Uh, I, I was just completely taking this and saying, we're okay. we can still obey. Because that, gotcha. that was kind of the thing. They were saying, you, you can't. Oh, I see. Okay. We were more afraid. Of, we, we drew a straighter line. Um, so I I was so, I wanted to think I was obedient just like they were. So so here's your I mean here's how you know then that's what you were doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you took two key words, mm-hmm. presence and absence. Yep. And you took those two words basically and say presence absence presence absence. Oh. Yeah. Well, Walter used to be present now he's absent so this must apply to us. Yep. But you I mean again. That's not the way normal language works. Right. And so, again, that that's you're setting yourself up to misunderstand that. Yeah. In some yeah. respect. Yeah. And it really is um, a lot of these things come from thinking you have the one right way. Um, because, it, yeah, go ahead. Well, you start outside of the Bible. Yeah. And then you go to the Bible yeah. to find what it is that you want because you've already got the one right way or you've already got the one right. thing you think. And so, yeah, in other words, rather than starting from the Bible and drawing straight out of there, which, and I think this is important because you of this proof text that you chose, yeah, that anybody can read the Bible. Anybody yeah. that can read another book can read the Bible. Now, yeah. for some people, it's going to be really frustrating because um, it, it just is. But it's not like you have to treat it differently or anything like that. Yeah. I would say just go for it. Try and understand it the best you can and pray that the Holy Spirit will make the spiritual application clear to you. But the spiritual... See, this... and I, I want to treat it as though it is... God breathed and yeah. is living and powerful and all that. And so I want the Holy Spirit to use it in my life. Yes. But he's going to take the normal meaning and use that in your life. It, so when we're praying for the Holy Spirit, it's going to be take what I understand the normal meaning to be. For instance, do all things without grumbling. I'm just looking at the next verse. Yeah. It, it, without grumbling or disputing. Yeah. Now, I understand that sentence, right? I shouldn't yep. grumble and I shouldn't like pick fights. Yeah. Okay. So what? So what is, I don't, you know, I don't, that doesn't apply to me. Right. I could say that maybe. 
but here I am grumbling and picking his fights, right? <laughs> so, but basically what I, I'm, and I might even read it and say it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. And then I might go away, and that's maybe when the Holy Spirit reminds me, oh, wait a minute, you were grumbling the other day. Maybe that's what it's talking about, or you were picking fights with somebody yeah. who you didn't need to pick. And so you know, that's the work of the Holy Spirit is to really take the the normal understanding of the words and yeah. then show me where I need to adjust my life right. to this, rather than give new meanings to the words or pull them out of their own special, you know, of their own context and make them somehow special. Like absence presence isn't yeah. the way that you would read that. Yeah. Um, that's not the way the Bible works. The Bible takes the normal meaning and then the Holy Spirit uses what's, what's normal there, how you would normally understand that. And he uses it to change your life there. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's important just to kind of, admit that that's the mechanism because otherwise we go in looking for special stuff that um you know if you just read every third word you get some other message yeah. or some crazy yeah. thing yeah that's not what you're saying but right. that would be one way people would misunderstand the bible for sure yeah right yeah for sure <clears throat> and and then i think too i would just say something that was helpful for me is like we're, we're telling them how to how you can read it wrong but to read the Bible right, like how how do you read the Bible right? You the first is your kind of your posture. You you want to be humble. I think is was the thing for me. I didn't want to when when I came to a place where I just I just don't know what's right now, but I'm willing to listen. That's kind of the I didn't have all the um, preconceived. This is what I believe to be right, so I've got to read it that way. That mm-hmm. that changed everything about the way I read. I. I would say be humble, be willing to take it for what it is and read it like you've never read it before. Just just start, read it new is what I would say and and trust it. I mean, trust that instead of what you think you know. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's I think, a really good distinction is yeah. you, because you come with some other things, you think you know that and you're yeah. unwilling then to let the, you know, let the Bible speak for itself. Right. See, like, if I think I know things about you, yeah, I'm, I don't want to hear some right. contrary thing because I already know about you. Well, and, and what you think you know about me, then you read that into everything I say from then on. Oh, you, yes, you I, start... oh yes, I do, Mark. <laughs> oh, and... you, you, you only knew what I think I know about you, right? And, well, and you... This is this is some of the misunderstandings, no doubt, that you have with your wife that I have with my. Is that you? I assume she must have meant this uh, right. because of things I've already known or history that I've had or something. Don't or, do that yeah. with this or previous it, mistakes or you've previous already mistakes made. Right? I've made. Yeah, I <laughs> I can say I know she doesn't mean that because I've made that mistake before. Oh, there you but, go. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's. Um, and that difference too of knowing that God wants to reveal Himself to you. He's the the Bible is here. It's not something to be afraid of and put away because you're scared of it. He right. He wants to reveal Himself. And in some respect, to you. that also is really good advice for your wife, right? Yeah. That if <laughs> yeah. you, I mean, I, you really do believe she loves you. That's going to change. Yeah. The preconceptions you come to this conversation with, or what you're going to read into the conversation, or whatever, right. you're going to read it way differently. 
Yeah. If you think, okay, this, I'm talking to a woman who loves me now. Yeah. That's going to be a different conversation than the one that gets you sideways, probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, we would sing uh, the hymn, Wonderful Words of Life. We might have talked about it on here before, but um, it's fitting to what we're talking about today. Uh, it says, sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Well, I, I think that's important to, because the scripture is words of life. Yeah. But if I come with my own thing, I, number one, I don't need life from the scripture because I already got my thing. Right. Uh, or I misunderstand it. It isn't going to breathe life into me. It's not going to be words of life. It's going to be yeah. words that are, uh, you know, somehow uh, magical or some other thing rather than just words of life. So, no, yeah. that's great. Yeah, it's good. And then the second verse says, Christ the blessed one gives to all wonderful words of life. Sinner list to the gospel call, wonderful words of life. All so freely given, wooing us to heaven. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. And that, that wooing us to heaven is yes. what I wanted to read there. That's the difference in the way I used to. That's believing that he loves you. He's yeah. trying to woo you with yeah. these words, right? Yeah. And that's, that's really, that's a great description of the Bible that he's... Mm. He's revealing himself. He's wooing you. He he wants this is how you're gonna have a relationship with God. It's not gonna be through something else. It's gonna be through the Bible. Absolutely. So good. No, thank right. you. Well, thanks for talking about this with us. Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.